This homily was preached in Church of the Ascension on Sunday, November 5th, 2023. Do you know the flow of money in your life? Are you mindful of how it comes to you? Are you consciously allocating where you want your money to go? When you can see the way money flows through your life, it gives you power to see where you are in relationship with it and where you want to go with it. Yes, it's Stewardship Sunday. That long-awaited feast day that makes every Episcopalian giddy with excitement. In her marvelous book, The Soul of Money, Lynn Twist describes what life can look like and become when we are mindful of how we relate to our money. And the first step, says Twist, is becoming aware of where our money comes from and where it's going and asking ourselves whether this is where I want my money to come from and is this where I want my money to go. Like so much of life, we run on automatic rarely pausing to consider whether what we're doing is actually getting us where we want to be. And it really does come down to what we are tending, how what we tend trains our attention and how our intention is conditioned and revealed by these. What Twist reminds is that we have the opportunity to direct our attention in the way we relate to money. And when we do, it empowers us. It becomes who we are and what we're about. When we allow jealousy, envy, resentment, and even vengeance to become the focus of our attention and intention, we become jealous, envious, resentful, vengeful people with our money. When we direct our attention to creativity, courage, and integrity, we become expressions of these qualities in whatever we do in our interactions with money. The added challenge, says Twist, is that whatever direction to which we draw our attention also draws the attention of others. What I tend and how I attend to it becomes an invitation for others to do the same. Whew. Think about that. Whatever I'm tending and how this is training my attention, which reveals the intention of my heart, is an invitation for others to do the same. Our lives are invitations. Our lives are invitations. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus describes what sort of lives invite the kingdom of God and draw the attention of others to its heavenly reality in the present. It's not always easy to decipher to what or whom the Beatitudes are referring, 
Like so much of scripture, the Beatitudes of Jesus simply do not translate. What we translate as blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven is only an approximation of the original Aramaic. In the original language, it would sound something more like this. Attuned to the source, to the source of life, are those who find their home in the breathing. To them belong the inner kingdom and queendom of heaven. It's a striking difference. Each of the Beatitudes following the Aramaic similarly describes the kind of person who inhabits the bliss of heaven now, right here on the earth. It describes one who is awake to heaven, whose manner of life invites the kingdom, comfort, inheritance, mercy, vision, divinity, and gratitude of God. Their hearts are awake. The faith, hope, and love of Jesus are the lens through which they perceive all things. The challenge for many, if not most of us, is that we think about the faith, hope, and love of Jesus. We do not think from the faith, hope, and love of Jesus. We think about the faith, hope, and love of Jesus, not from the faith, hope, and love of Jesus. To think from the vision of life that Jesus describes in the Beatitudes, a vision that many have described as autobiographical, is not about trying to figure out how I am to become poor or abject in spirit. Rather, as Jesus' words in the Aramaic clarify, it is about a daily attunement and alignment and realignment with God at a granular level, which begins with how I breathe and encompasses every nook and cranny of my existence. A quick side note, all that breathing stuff we've been doing here in Ascension, what some of you I know think is woo-woo or new agey, is actually the content of Jesus' first recorded sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Following Jesus really is about breathing and alignment. In short, a beatitudinal life is about loving God with all your all. It's about aligning our all with the all. Oh, to what are we aligning our lives, our breath? The bliss of which Jesus speaks is an alignment with love that requires a person to embrace the intelligence of the heart. So what is this intelligence of the heart? It is indeterminable strength. Indeterminable strength that is not centered on power, prediction, or control. Indeterminable strength not centered on power, prediction, or control. Self-defense is set aside for love of neighbor. Being right is let go for the patience of wisdom. Judgment is relinquished in the name of forgiveness. The way of Jesus is defenseless forgiveness. 
It is turning weapons into plowshares, choosing service over self-interest. And we can only understand what any of this actually means by giving ourselves over to it. It is a knowing that can only be known through the doing itself and only in the moment-by-moment doing of it. You see, stewardship is not simply about the money you or I give to the life and ministry of the church. It is this commitment and it's about taking inventory as to who or what is really leading our lives and asking ourselves, is this what I want? Is this what I want leading my life? Is God? Is my job, my habits, where my money goes, where I move my body, what I eat, drink, and speak, are these moving me toward becoming fully alive, or are they making me more controlling, more judgmental, more defensive? As Tolstoy writes, everyone thinks of changing the world. No one thinks of changing himself. Stewardship and the Beatitudes of Jesus are all about changing our lives to align with the breath of the Spirit, to align in the way of love. Now for those who like to talk numbers and percentages, let me get extra clear on what all of this means in terms of how we give financially to support the life and ministry of the church. 10% for some of us may be too much to pledge. And for others, 10% may be too little. I remember when I made my first pledge in a church. I was in college. I had very little money to speak of, but I wanted to do my part, so I pledged $500. I figured I could come up with at least this much over the course of a year and then give it to the church. I didn't bother praying about it. I never budgeted for it. I quickly filled in the number on the card and put it in the offering plate on Pledge Sunday, and that was that. At the end of the year, I had given none of that $500 commitment. One of the pastors approached me on a Sunday and asked me about it. I was shocked. Isn't my money between me and God? Suddenly I realized that what I had pledged to give had little to do with money. It was all about my relationship with money. And I would love to tell you that this conversation with that pastor and 19-year-old me was enough to change my relationship with money. But it took a long while for that lesson to sink in. It took longer than I would like for me to really become mindful about my relationship with money and what it has to say about my relationship with everything and everyone else, God included. You see, our giving is not about numbers. Yes, as an organization, we have expenses to cover and budgets to meet. Even so, as followers of Jesus, we have to let go of percentages, let go of what you and I pledged or didn't pledge last year, and to remember that whatever we appreciate, appreciates. Whatever we tend, grows. 
Now, letting those calculations be, I invite us to ask ourselves a question. What does my spending and my giving show me about the relationship I have with money? What does my spending and my giving show me about the relationship I have with my money? And next, what does my relationship with money have to say about my relationship with God? What does my relationship with money have to say about my relationship with God? Now, I invite us to ask these questions not from a place of fear, anxiety, or shame. There is no judgment here. Rather, to ask ourselves these questions with deep honesty and intentionality about who you and I want to become as followers of Jesus. Do I want to be a person who simply thinks about faith, hope, and love where I measure my giving and my time as an intellectual calculated exercise, or do I want to become a person who thinks from faith, hope, and love, where my giving and service is a matter of heart consciousness as I open myself newly to being born again over and over through the giving and sharing of the many gifts that God has given me. This is what tending God's love is all about. It is letting love be our focus so that our attention ever trained on what is life-giving, we give birth to the intention of love in the depths of our being as the flow of life guides and governs our movements, our speech, our spending, and everything in between not as a matter of scrutiny, but as an opening to possibilities, to possibilities of new birth. As the great Christian mystic Meister Eckhart said, we are all meant to be mothers of God. What if stewardship, what if stewardship were about giving birth to God in our daily lives over and over again? as we let go of control and follow wherever love might lead. If this vision of stewardship were to take root in all of our lives, I suspect this would be the last pledge campaign in Ascension. And yet I do want to highlight the importance of showing up as a community to liturgize this commitment together, to place our pledge cards in baskets as a witness to Jesus' faith, Jesus' hope, Jesus' love, operative in our lives. Making our pledge, like baptizing our children, which we will do soon, is not something we have to do. It is something we get to do. We get to bear witness to the agency of love in our lives, in our children, in each other. We get to commit ourselves to the service of love in our lives, in our children, in each other. We get to become, through all the gifts God has given us to give, the people that God desires us to be for the sake of our children, for the sake of each other, for the life of this world. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. 
learn more about what we're up to in Church of the Ascension, please visit us online at knoxvilleascension.org. You can also visit us at spiritusknox.com, which is our Center for Spiritual Practice and Learning. You'll find lots of events and ways to get engaged so that you can deepen your connection with God and others for wholeness in this world. Thank you.